0: Uh, have you ever struggled with confidence? Yeah, I think all of us have. I, when I first uh, became pastor at the church in Alabama, um, I really struggled with it uh, because when, at the time when I started preaching there, there were five retired pastors sitting out in the congregation. And here was this young buck, 31, 32 years old, never pastored a church in my life, and um, here I was preaching five retired pastors And, and honestly at the time there was a staff member that opposed or didn't think it was wise for me to become a pastor of the church because I didn't at that time have a divinity degree so I had been to seminary gotten a music degree I had some theology courses of course but I did not have the divinity degree you know because when you have the divinity degree somehow that makes you special and so he had a hard time with me being the pastor of the church and not having the divinity degree because he had a divinity degree and he wasn't being asked to be the pastor of the church. And, uh, and, and, it, and I struggled with confidence. Sometimes I was up there preaching, you know, especially when you say something and those pastors start writing stuff down. You're thinking, oh boy, I'm going to get a note, said it wrong, did something wrong. You know, and I really struggled uh, with confidence. And, and I would have guessed, and just by your reaction, that everybody here struggles with confidence in some area. You see the most confident person in the world, and if you can get that person to sit down and to open up to you, you will find that even the most confident people have areas where they struggle with confidence. In fact, some of the greatest preachers in history, when you read their stories or biographies, they struggle with a lack of confidence many times, even these great preachers and stuff that that I've studied about. So I think all of us in here have probably struggled with a lack of confidence. And when it comes to prayer, I think a lot of times we struggle with a lack of confidence. So we started this little mini-series on prayer. And the reason I did it is because I felt like it dovetailed into the book Flickering Lamps. Because, you know, that whole thing, God started in prayer. And as a church, we're calling ourselves together to pray. And last week, we kind of started the, the I Pray series. and We talked about why do we pray? Why do even non-believers pray? Well, they pray to connect. They don't know what they're connecting to, but they want to connect. But as believers, we pray to connect to God the Father. That's why we pray. And all of us have that desire, right? We all, I'm sure, I hope, this week you've prayed a lot. And I hope maybe driving down the road at night, at bedtime, maybe in the morning, get up, have a quiet time, whatever you do, that you 've had a lot of time of prayer this week, and, and I hope that 's a desire of yours because all of us desire to connect to God, and as a believer, you have the privilege of connecting to God the Father. But let me ask you, when it comes to prayer, sometimes have you struggled with confidence, like, does he really hear me or you know, I've really done some bad stuff in my life. Does God really care about me? Or is God really, is this really an issue that God uh, has concern with? Or, or does God really, is he really able to do what I'm asking you to do? Or will God really forgive me? And some of you, maybe today, you're, you're struggling in your prayer life because you just struggle with confidence, So this morning, I want to talk to you about praying in confidence. We're going to go right back to where we went to last week, Luke chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. So we're going to go right back to that again, just to give you a recap from last week. Uh, Jesus' uh, followers, his disciples had been with him for quite a while. Now, and they had already heard the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and where Jesus said, you know, our Father who art in heaven, and he said, this is how you should pray. But yet, even though they had already heard that, they had been with Jesus for quite some time now, maybe a year past that time, and and they had seen that he would pray on the mountainside, he would pray early in the morning, he would pray all night, and they just noticed that Jesus was this man of prayer. And even though they had heard what we now call the Lord's Prayer, I think a lot of them were like, I just don't quite get it. So one of the disciples, we don't know, maybe Peter, maybe John, we don't know, goes up to Jesus, and and again, in verse 1, he said, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus is praying here, and when he gets through, this disciple goes up and says, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, it's interesting. The disciples never asked Jesus how to preach. They never asked Jesus how to do miracles. They never asked Jesus how to teach. The only thing they ever asked Jesus to do, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. So this, this disciple, whoever it is, says, you know, we've been watching you. You're a man of prayer. You pray all the time. And, 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 and how, teach us how to pray. And again, Jesus in verse 2 gives them what they've already heard. Whenever you pray, say, Father, who art in heaven, you may know the King James Version, or hear you, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come. Wait a minute, Jesus, you already said that. And I think Jesus is repeating again because he's saying, you're not quite getting it. You're not quite getting it. See, you, you know, last week we prayed the Lord's Prayer. It took us about 30 seconds. How could Jesus pray all night? If, that's how if that is the prayer that we're supposed to pray, you mean all night he would just say the Lord's Prayer over and over and over again? No. It wasn't a rote prayer. Jesus was giving us a road map for how to pray, and he was teaching us, this is how you connect with God. Let me, let me just tell you this, connecting with God is not automatic. Connecting with God is automatic. First of all, there's a lot of people who pray to God, or pray. But I'm going to tell you, the first prayer that God will hear from anybody is the prayer of repentance. You know, a person can say, oh, I pray," but if they're not a believer in Christ, I would argue God doesn't hear that prayer. The first prayer that God will hear is when a person says, God, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe that Christ died for my sins. Will you save me? And it's that prayer that he listens to. Yes, I will. I will save you. And, and, and so if you've never responded to Christ, you, you can pray all you want, but I will argue that God does not listen to your prayers until you will pray that prayer of repentance. That's when he, you get his ear. And that's when he says, yes, I will save you. And at that point, you are connecting to God. But some of you may say, but Jim, I prayed that, and and I know I'm a believer, but I'm still struggling with connecting to God. Again, connecting with God is not always automatic. We talked about this last week, because sin can be in your life, and that can be disrupting your connection with God. All right, now, in this case, Jesus is talking to his disciples. There's no question here. His disciples are followers. They They are followers of him. They have left their houses. They have left their jobs they have left things they are truly following Christ if you've responded to Christ and you've asked him to save you you are his child and so but Jesus says to these disciples who are following him here's how you pray pray father your name be honored here's the challenge that he's giving this to them and the challenge I want to give you this pray in confidence with confidence to the father now you say how What is Jesus saying here? I mean, we've already heard this. What is he trying to get through their minds and ours? Well, first of all, here's why we pray with confidence. Because Father God, the creator of the universe, the one that we sang about in the first song, all creatures of our God and King, Father God is our Father. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can legitimately call God Father. Jesus said, whenever you pray, pray father. And again, as I shared last week, I'm not going to recap that whole thing from last week. That was a jaw-dropping, paradigm-shifting, mind-shattering idea. Because you didn't think of God as father if you were a Jew in that culture. And Jesus says, you As my followers, you can call God legitimately Father. In fact, you could even say the word Daddy. In other words, you can have a personal connection with Him. Let let me just tell you something. And I want to tell you something that irks me. And I hear people that profess to be Christ followers say this. God is not the man upstairs. He is your Father. And it irks me sometimes when I hear Christ followers, yeah, the man upstairs, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you're a Christ follower, he's not just the man upstairs. He is your Father who is in heaven. He is not the Force either, for you Star Wars fans. He is your Father, He is personal. And so again, if you're a Christ follower, you and I have the opportunity to pray to God as father. Here's why. Paul unpacks this in Romans 8.15. He says, for you, he's speaking to Christ followers, did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Paul is saying you can pray in confidence. You didn't receive a spirit of fear you can legitimately call God your father. Again, a person that does not know Christ cannot call God legitimately father. But you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can legitimately call God father because you've been adopted into his family. And you will never lose that adoption. You will always be His. So my challenge to you, if you're struggling with your prayer life, is this: pray in confidence. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and you need to make sure that's true, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, pray in confidence to Father, because He is your Father, not a force, not a man upstairs. He is your Father. So Jesus says, when you pray, pray Father. And let me give you another reasons why we can pray with confidence, and that is because Father. Your Father in heaven is true to his name. Look at what Jesus says again in verse 2. Whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. You know, all of us in here have names, and we all have descriptions uh, our names are are really descriptions of, of who we are. For example, my last name is Wright, W R I G H T. And yes, my wife always got kidded. Did you you found Mr. Wright? Blah blah blah. Okay. So, and it's not R I G H T because I'm not always right. Okay, but the name, I did a little research on it, and I have a cousin that's like into genealogy, like nobody's business. I am talking thousands of files, blogs, he's got us traced back to the 1500s now, uh, and just, I mean, for fun, he visits cemeteries. I'm just telling you, that's a little crazy, but anyways, he loves it. But my last name, Wright, is a family name, that surname that means craftsman builder. That's what it means. It comes from the old English word ritha which means worker. Okay, so my my last name basically refers to craftsman. So apparently, somewhere along the line, when surnames were be handed out, I don't know how all that worked. Somebody says, "Hey, you're a craftsman. You're a right." You'd hear like wheelwright and all those things. So you're a right, and so somebody gave my great grandfather that last name. Now my first name is James. Okay, I prefer Jim. The Hebrew, it, the origin of the word James is Hebrew, and it means supplanter. It means replacer. Okay. Now my middle name, and if you tell anybody outside of this room, I'll have to kill you. <sighs> because my dad, praise God, my mother intervened. My dad wanted my middle name to be my first name, but praise God, my mother rose up from that bed in the hospital and says no my middle name is Lincoln alright my my dad wanted my name to be Lincoln James he thought it'd be cool everybody could call me Link okay but my middle name is Lincoln it comes from the English and it means settlement by the water so my full name if I were to translate it means that I will replace you supplant you at the wagon shop and then retire by the water (laughs) that's what I'll do okay (laughs) <laughs> but look, in today's world, we select names based on popularity, right? We don't really so much select names today in our culture based on what it means. Now, some people do, but most people, it's, it's on popularity or because it's just something weird like, you know, moon or whatever. Some people name their kids after moons or something. But here's what Jesus says. He says, when you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. Why didn't he say, when you pray, say, Father, thou be honored as holy? Why didn't he just say that? Why did he say, your name be honored as holy? Now, this came up in our Sunday school this morning. By the way, what is the name of God? Well, when you look in the Old Testament, he goes by the name Yahweh, which means self-existent one. In fact, the, the the English transliteration of that is Jehovah that's what we've done, we've transliterated it, putting into English, is Jehovah. And in the Old Testament, the word Jehovah appears 6,283 times. And so again, the name of God, as we say in English, is Jehovah. And it comes from the Hebrew word Hayah, which like I said means to be or being. And so Father's name, Jesus says your name be honored, means self-existent one. God is not dependent upon anybody. He doesn't depend upon us. He can exist fine just without us, very much thank you. And he's done that before. He doesn't need us. He, he, he doesn't need power plant to keep him going. He doesn't have a body. He is a spirit. God is self-existent one. So you say, well, how does this help me? How, how does this help me pray in confidence when Jesus said, your name be honored and holy? How that helps me pray in confidence is I know when I pray to God, I'm praying to a God who's always been, is, and always will be. I'm praying to a God who I don't have to worry about getting a busy signal. I don't have to pray and get a, I'm out of the office today. God is, was, and always will be. And so when I know that I pray to the self-existent one, I can pray in confidence because I know he will always be there. Let me tell you another way you can pray in confidence, and that is because of Father's self description. Now, uh, I know Rob and I, maybe some of you others, are reading through the Bible right now. We're in Deuteronomy. And uh, that's been uh, very exciting. And and you probably... Um, know the story, of the Ten Commandments. Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the tablets, you know, and then the children of Israel had made the golden calf, and he throws down the commandments, and they get shattered. And then later, after he deals with the people, he gets another set of tablets. He goes back up to the mountain, and God writes on those tablets as well. And, and, and when Moses went back to the mountain, and when God wrote on those tablets the second time, I want you to see what God said. Well, I'll put it up on the screen, but if you want to, it's in Exodus 34. It said this, the Lord came down in a cloud and stood with him that's Moses there and proclaimed his name here it is Yahweh proclaimed his name Yahweh and then look at what God says about himself then the lord passed in front of Moses and proclaimed Yahweh self-existent one this self-existent one is a compassionate and gracious god slow to anger and rich in faithful love and truth, maintaining his faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving wrongdoing and rebellion and sin. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's wrongdoing on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. You know, several years ago, I posted a a post on Facebook just asking people about prayer And I noticed that those who gave responses, Christian and non-Christian alike, there were many of them that were struggling with confidence. Many Christians who responded were struggling with confidence because they were like, Jim, I've messed up in my life. How can God hear me? How, why would he listen to me? How is God going to help me? I've I, I, I hurt him so many times since I became a follower of his. Here's the, my answer. You can pray in confidence to God because look at what he said about himself. He is compassionate. He is gracious. He is slow to anger. He is rich and in faithful, and faithful love. He is rich in truth. And he has promised that he will maintain faithful love to a thousand generations. You know in the Bible... A generation is 40 years, sometimes it's 60, sometimes it's 100. Let's just start at the minimum. 40 times 1,000 is 40,000 years. It's not been 40,000 years since Moses. 60, 60, 60,000. It ain't been 60,000 years. It's not been 100,000 years since Moses. 3,000, 4,000 years at best. Believe me, his love is hasn't run out. And you can pray in confidence, even though you may have failed, even though you may have messed up, you can pray in confidence because here's what he says I am a gracious God, I'm slow to anger, and I'm rich in love and truth, maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving wrongdoing. He, here's what the writer of Hebrews said. And again, he, here's what he said Therefore, he's talking to believers, let us. Approach the throne of grace, which we're just saying about, with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. Look at that. When you and I pray, we are approaching the throne of grace, if you're a a follower of Jesus, and you're approaching Father's throne. There is a mystical connection that's happening there. And that throne is a throne of grace. And that throne is a throne of mercy. Grace, you're, you're getting what you don't deserve. Mercy, you're not getting what you deserve. That's God's throne, and it's a place where you'll help find help in time of need. So again, if, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you can legitimately call God Father, and you can pray in confidence that your Father is the self-existent one, Honor his name as the self existent one, and you can be confident that he will hear you and he will forgive you. So, my challenge to you is to pray in confidence to the Father. Now, again, I want to go back to the verse real quick. He says, When you guys pray, say, Father, your name, self existent one, be honored as holy. Now that word holy just simply means set apart. This is hard for you and I to grasp because we are born with a sinful nature. I was watching a little bit of a show on Netflix last night and they were shocked that even babies lie. Scientists have found that babies lie. That sometimes when they cry it's not because they're hungry, they just want to be picked up. But you think they're hungry. And they had these little experiments with kids that were lying and stuff. And, you know, what causes this? Uh, Sin. So it could have saved you a few million dollars. But anyways, bottom line is, it's hard for us to grasp this because we're born with a sinful nature, but the reality is God cannot sin. He does not have a sinful nature. Jesus Christ could not sin. He felt the force of sin... Like a boulder on the sea, he felt the waves crashing against him. He felt the force of sin, but he could not sin. You say, how can you say it? Because he was fully God. He did not have a sin nature. He could feel the effects. He could see the effects of sin. He could feel it. He did not sin. He could not sin. But when he was on the cross, he didn't sin. He became sin. Big difference. God cannot sin. When we pray, we can pray in confidence. Your name be honored as holy, set apart. I can pray in confidence. You know what? If there was a chance that God could sin, I couldn't pray in confidence. If there was a chance that Jesus could have sinned, how would you have known he didn't? So when I pray to Father, your name be honored as holy, you are set apart, you, you have no sin nature, you cannot sin, you will not sin, here's what, we need to honor his name, Jesus said as holy, you are praying to a set apart God, he is set apart from his creation, here's what the writer of Numbers said in Numbers 23, God is not a man, see he is not the man upstairs, God is not a man who lies. Or a son of man who changes his mind? Does he speak and not act or promise and not fulfill? You are not praying to a glorified man as Mormonism teaches you. You're not praying to a glorified man because God is not a man. You're praying to a spirit, a self-existent spirit who cannot sin. Your name be Holy. Notice Jesus did not say your name be made holy. He said holy is your name. Holy is your name. So if you want to pray with confidence, you have to honor God's name and remember that you are praying to a holy God. God is not tolerant of sin. Again, the first prayer that God hears is that prayer of repentance for salvation. When you and I pray that, we have that connection with Father because we are now legitimately His children. But if we allow sin to creep into our lives or we willfully harbor sin in our lives, it's going to cause that distortion between you and Father. It's not that you've lost your salvation. It's not that He doesn't love you. It's not that He won't forgive you. He will if you repent. But it causes that white noise because God is holy. And he is calling you and I to be holy. So when you pray, you should repent as well. And make sure that you are being honest with yourself. So Jesus says, when you pray, pray. Father, your name be honored as holy. Again, if you go back to that passage in Exodus Moses wrote, uh, God said, he does not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's wrongdoing on children and grandchildren of the third and fourth generation. Why does God do that? That just sounds mean, Jim. Why does he do that? Because his holiness demands it. God is love. We hear that all the time in our culture. God is love. God is love. God is love. He is. But he's also just. And he's also holy. And all those attributes are equal with God. You can pray in confidence and revere him as a holy God. So my challenge to you is pray in confidence in Father. Your Father is a holy God. Your Father will judge sin. You know, John, one of Jesus' disciples, maybe he was the one who asked this question, I don't know. He was one of Jesus' followers, but he had times in his life when he sinned. One of them is when they were uh, Samaritan village, wouldn't let them pass through, and John was getting a little uh, little uh, haughty there, and he said, do you want us to call fire down from heaven, Jesus, and destroy the village? As if he could do that. But anyways, he was getting a little bit too much of himself. And Jesus rebuked him for his sin. And that same John later wrote in 1 John 1, 1.9, If we believers confess our sins, He, that's Father, is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He said, Father is faithful, Father will forgive, and Father will cleanse us. So when you pray, you can pray. If you're like, Jim, I've so messed up in my life, I don't know. Go to Father confess your sins repent and by the way let me tell you this so many times as Christians we confuse confession with repentance confession is I'm admitting it repentance is I'm turning from it All right. a lot of Christians as Matt Chandler says drive around in the cul-de-sac a confession confess, confess 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 they never turn out in repentance so Jesus says, though, in John wrote here, that if you will confess and repent, I believe that's behind this word, confess it, he is faithful and righteous and will forgive you of your sins. No matter how much you've messed up, Christ follower, you can pray in confidence that Father will hear you and he will forgive you when you confess your sin. Remember, the only reason you and I can legitimately call Father is because of Father's love, which expressed through Jesus Christ on the cross. And here's what John wrote. Love consists in this. Not that we, not that we love God, because we don't naturally, but that he first loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, to be that sacrifice to take away our sin. You can pray with confidence because Father has shown you love and Father has sent His Son to die for you. So let me ask you, I know we all have areas in our lives where we struggle with confidence. Are you praying with confidence to Father? When you go to Father, first of all, have you responded to His call of conviction And ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. And repent and turn from your sin. If you haven't, that's the first thing you got to do. Because you won't have any confidence. You can't even confidently call Him Father. If you've done that, you can have confidence that you are praying to Father. The self-existent one. And you can have confidence that if you'll confess your sins, repent... He will forgive you. And you can be confident that if you're walking with him, he hears you. He listens to you. He loves you. He will be there for you. You have a father who loves you. So maybe if you're struggling right now in your prayer life, you need to be confident. And you need to examine, why am I not confident? And if there's sin, repent. If you're not a believer, receive and respond to Christ. If you are a believer, repent. If you say, Jim, as far as I know, I'm doing my best to walk in righteousness before God. And look, we're all sinners. I'm talking about harboring sin in your life. If you're like, Jim, as far as I know, there's no sin I'm harboring in my life. Good. Then you can pray with confidence to the Father. Are you praying with confidence? Let's pray. Father, what Jesus was teaching his disciples is so rich in meaning. If we can just grasp this, Father, we can understand how your son could pray all night. He wasn't saying a rote prayer. He was connecting with Father, you, Father God. I don't understand it all. I just know right now as I'm voicing a public prayer I truly believe right now you're hearing this prayer because of the blood of Christ. And there may be some here this morning that are really struggling with their prayer life. And I pray first Father they'll examine whether they're your child and if they are they'll examine whether they're harboring sin in their life. And if they are, confess it and repent. If not, Father, that they will claim everything that your son just told us about you. And pray in confidence. Father, we pray for Warren Church, Warren Baptist. It's your church, not ours. Father, we're praying in confidence that you hear us we're praying in confidence asking you to reveal your way Father we're praying in dedication that we will follow you wherever that leads Father we just want you to be glorified because only you and you alone are worthy you are holy set apart you the self-existent one You were here before we were born. You will be here after we die. And Father, I'm glad that we'll be with you in eternity. So Father, I want to pause for a few moments, and if there's some here that are just struggling with their prayer life, that right now, whatever it is, that they'll just get it off their chest right now before the throne of grace, just before you. Help us, Father, not to be anxious about anything but everything with prayer and supplication, letting our requests be made known to you. You are God. We are not. You are the King. We are your slaves. Teach us, Father. Use us for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.